Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lack of Focus. I'm in sorry, focus. an in focus for Lack of Focus 40k for noobs. So, in the previous episode 78 of Lack of Focus, we had kind of intimated that Sean had uh, taken the deep dive into 40k with he and his son. And he said, he, he said in our little group chat that I've got about 40 questions I want to ask. And I'm like, this is going to make fantastic content but only in a 40k focus one, because I know, I know I tend to ramble, ramble on about 40k all too often on the show. So we wanted to separate that out from the main show and do a little bonus for our, just for the Patreon page to kind of just be able to, again, we can kind of kick back and just feel comfortable wasting an hour and a half or two hours talking about 40k. So for those who may not have heard it in the main show, uh, Sean, do you want to kind of give us a synopsis on how you made this dive into the game? Well, so it all started with, I've always loved Warhammer Fantasy. I only played it a few times, but I loved it. I love the models. Amount of I taste. I played back, what's that? Amount of taste, Sean. Yeah, it was, and I always loved the Bretonians. They were my favorite, and all uh, the horses and the archers. and the so Someone had to. Yeah. You, you went someone up and then just dropped back down a little bit. Dropped back down, yeah, I know. It's... Uh, that was the seat that I bought too, Sean. That was the, when I got into Warhammer before the first game that I bought. I, I think I've been transparent about this. The first tabletop game that I bought was Warhammer Fantasy, and it was that box set that came with the Bretonians. I was yep. right there with you. Bretonians and Lizardmen. Yep. 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 Lizardmen versus Bretonians. My friend Matt bought it, and then we went half on it in the end. And then I started building out all the. You know, all the beautiful, the knights. And I never got further than that that first box. Matt and I played a couple times and then never really ever played again. But I had fun putting them together. And those were actually the first models I ever painted. I painted the archers green, white, and gold. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. They, they look like crap, but it was, for me, it was really cool to have that. And um, so about... Probably, I'm going to guess. So before you move on, Sean, I just wanted to, just because of the show we're doing. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yep. I don't know about you guys, but one of the big hurdles I always found was moving from that starter box into wanting to play properly. That was like part. trying to figure out like what what's the call? Can I? I, I want this because it looks cool, but then finding out that I had to spend like fifty bucks on a Codex or a Warhammer Army book. Yeah, or, or just or ninety dollars on the model, you know. There's or that uh, or the barrier for entry for just hey, you've got this box full of models to put together. Well, like, I'll be honest with you, that portion for me is never intimidating because it either happens or it doesn't. I buy a box and the models stay in the box forever, or right, I, but I mean, start for, putting them together. You know, that's literally it with me. For folks who haven't gotten into a miniature, like a lot of our audiences from the X-Men community, so they came with these pre-painted, pre-assembled miniatures, but like legitimately you get this box of models like, well, neat, what do I do with them? Right. You've got to get a pair of halfway decent, you know, diagonal cutters to be able to get them off. You need to get the right type of glue. You need to be able to get a good, you know, sharp X-Acto knife to be able to shave down like mold lines. Like there's all this other stuff. You're like, wow, like it's not just I buy this box and take it home and play it. It's I've got to put all these together. Um, I, it's interesting to me, like for someone who would just be getting into that miniatures game, might not recognize that that's something that's an additional built-in cost when you decide to get into the game. The, the other barrier to entry 
is overload. Yes. So, so Especially in a game as deep and as vast as both fantasy and 40K. Agreed. Yeah. You know, so I never understood, you know, like when back in the, it had to have been mid, uh, you know, mid, uh, late 90s, real early 2000s that my friend Matt and I got into that. And like I said, it didn't last very long. Matt's a very impulsive person. And he goes in and out of games that he wants to play pretty quick. And so then in the 2010s, I got back into it with a group of guys at the game shop where we were going in on Sunday nights and playing. And we were doing it pretty religiously. And I bought back into the Bretonians and I went head over heels to where I had grail. You know, I had, you know, probably six. Yeah, I had probably six, seven hundred dollars invested in it. And that's where, you know, and we would play and, you know, it would, it mattered who won and lost sort of, it wasn't competitive per se, because we had a lot of guys that would just have trays, you know, trays with dice in it rather than actual models. Cause they couldn't afford to buy the models yet. Um, you know, Skaven, Skaven, yeah, the Skaven army where they'd have two or three trays of Skaven and they couldn't, they had maybe one tray full and then the rest was all proxy and stuff. So that was kind of how we played. And then some things happened. I don't remember totally what it was. Something where we had to play with these other guys that wanted to play. And they ruined it because they're the really competitive guys. And they came in and just, you know, they had, they knew everything about it and were just crushing us. So we just said, well, we're done. And I ended up, I actually had that whole army primed, to be honest with you. That was 100% primed. I was getting ready to paint it. And then that happened. And then... That was the end of it for for us. And part of it is, you know, understanding all the rules and everything else. So so anyway, so fantasy Warhammer Fantasy was my first introduction into the true hobby gaming scene way back in the early nineties, late two thousands. So recently I've been thinking, well, Age of Sigmar, you know. It's, it's, yeah, that's the equivalent now. It's the equivalent. And I have seen boxes where it's humans on horses. I don't like the humans on griffins. That's that's not my flair. I like the humans on the horses. And, you know, scouring Amazon and other sites and stuff, I did see that. And so anyway, so I was going to talk to my son. Literally, this was two weekends ago. It was it was two Saturdays ago. We were talking on the phone and we hadn't gotten together. He comes over on Saturday about 11 o'clock, leaves between 3 and 5 on Saturdays, and we hang out, play games, or just, you know, run errands together. Just good fathers, you know, he's 26, and, you know, so it's our way of connecting. And we talk during the week and stuff like that, and we're both gamers. He's more of a video gamer than I am, but... So, anyway, so I was literally, that that day we were talking on the phone, I was going to say, hey, would you be interested in if I bought a starter set for Age of Sigmar? Would you be interested in doing it? And he's like, and and that was what I was going to ask him. And he goes, in the middle of this conversation, before I could ask him, he goes, guess what I did, Dad? And I'm like, what? And he goes, I bought into 40K. And I just started laughing because, you know, because it was one of those things where a lot of my friends play 40K. I don't. I don't know much about it. I play Martyr with you guys and stuff. So I know bits and pieces. I actually uh, I don't know. I'm sure I can say it now. I play tested. Um, what was the conquest? The, no, I did. Uh, I didn't. I did conquest. I also did. Uh, what was the what was the board game they came out with? Um, Chaos in the old world. No, Horus Heresy. 
No, it was uh, God dang it. Um, it was the board game where you had the ships on the board, and basically you're playing around the warp. I can't remember what it's called. Um, oh, I, um, I it was. Yeah, I know what I mean. Um, yeah, I can't even think of it. I have it sitting down in my basement. It's a demo box down in yeah. my basement, but it came with all the models and all the cards. It's the old cards. So for me to play it, I'd have to would have had to have print all the new cards, which I probably don't have. Um, and then um, I did the the Warhammer um, the card game that was the it was the based on the God dang it why can't I remember these things Warhammer Invasion No 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 no, no. <laughs> um, it was the 40K kind of, one that's no, Conquest that, that's no. Conquest Warhammer was, Quest uh, yeah, Warhammer Quest. Yeah, I did both the yeah. alpha and the, and the beta on that. So. Yes, they ended up having to scrap it because they lost the license and transferred the game into a reskin, which is um, the Turinoff one now. Right, right. Yeah, so I have actually the the beta that I have of that and the and the um, actual game itself. So I have double, double the dice that you would normally have. Anyway, so I was yeah. talking about... So, so I have tiny bits. I, I knew the word zinch and what it meant and and all that. And, you know, so I, there's things that I do know, things that I don't, just because not, of all not the Not to zinch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so he tells me that, and and I'm like, you know, it, through my head, I'm, I'm just laughing. I start laughing, and he's like, what? And I go, well, I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to get into Age of Sigmar, but if you're doing this, you know, let's... You're going to buy the New Age of Sigma starter box anyway, Sean, a Dominion box. It looks fucking awesome. It does, yeah. actually. I yeah, saw that second, and I about... When second edition comes out. Yep. Uh, third edition. Oh, third third, edition. Is, it, yeah. is it third? They're up to yeah. the third edition already. Woo. Yeah. So anyway, so, even I, so he's just laughing. He tells me, yeah, I've already bought the Thousand Sons. And he sent me the link um, through the phone. And he sent me the link to the box set. And it has like 20 or 21 models. and stuff and i'm just like well would you mind if i bought into it too and we could play because what it is is two of his friends bought a bunch of the models and they've never played before but they you know wanted to paint and do all that type of stuff and my son actually likes to paint he's he's not very good when i actually paint and now that i've had surgery on both hands i can actually hold paint brushes again which is you know one of the things that's important for painting so yeah kind of yeah. So, so I'm, he's like, yeah, you know, dad, I, that'd be great if you play. And he's like, what would you play? And I said, space Marines. Cause a, they're to me, the easiest thing to paint and B I like the human side of most games. And it's not that I'm xenophobic or anything. I just like, I like when they put humans in the games, you know, just, I love that lore that comes with it and, and how, you know, basically how they can be, you know, almost anything you want them to be, you know, that's anyway, a good, that's a good description of Primaris Marines, all right? We yep. could have so, been anything that we wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so what's the first thing that I do? I don't totally talk. I told my son, you know, I would talk to some friends, which he knows you guys, you know. <laughs> Not my and, son. And he, he beat me at X-Wing. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, we're probably the only family that's truly beaten you at X-Wing, you know. Um, I think the list, though, you played against me was, it was a setup just to let me win. But anyway. I, uh, you know me, Sean. I like taking some optimal lists and seeing if I can win anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting game we played. But anyway, so I'm like, well, you know, so what do I do? I message 
you two. And then I start messaging Chris and because I figured he might have a little more time to talk. And I yeah, know, I think it was, I think it was at work whenever all this was going on. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I think you were really want to get into this, but I'm soaked in meetings today. But we talked so, the night before that, I think, hadn't it was, we? Because yeah. it was the night before, actually. Yeah, because um, I was. You were. I was. The, you, he was in was, the. Ed was in the dark. Ed didn't know because I yeah. talked to you first, and then we brought it up in the D and D. Ah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, I Just think. Me the yeah, so Jill, the was, Jill was working um, in the evening, so I had to wait until I put Evie to bed before I could come and chat. So I was like, it, we got on. Yeah, it was easier to talk on Discord than to do it via text. So we jumped on Discord, and I showed him the Vanguard Space Marine box for 85 bucks. you know, 16 models. And Chris is like, well, hold on, hold on. Let me look at something. So he looks, and he's like, well, you can get the exact same thing with this vehicle for, you know, whatever. And you're saving like 80 bucks or whatever it was. And it's the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, this comes out, this, this comes out Saturday. And this was like, what? Tuesday or Wednesday when we yeah something like that and so, so I, you know then the, the next day I talked to my son I'm like yeah I'm gonna do Space Marines this is and I started showing him what I was gonna do and stuff and and Chris was actually when we were on Discord was putting his screen up so I could see what he was talking about you know and and then we found the 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 PDF rules uh, the 25 page PDF rules and all that and mm-hmm. um, which I never looked at because. I knew already that I was going to go overboard with this. So, so anyway, so I talked to my son and I'm like, Hey, this thing comes out Saturday. I, Chris told me to go to the game shop, the the local game shop that same week. And, for, you know, if he could get it so that pre-order it or, or, you know, get it reserved because they're on allocation. And of course I went there and they were able, I told him, <clears throat> hold the Vanguard box. If they're allocated and I can't get one, I'll just buy the, $85 one. If I can get it, you know, I would like for you to hold it. And they did. And so I got that and I got the intercessors with it that had just came out at the same time. And then I also bought the. Did you just get a uh, straight intercessor or did you get combat? I got the ones. The normal the ones. The, yeah, the, the got, ones that came out. The, the heavy, the heavy intercessors. Oh, the yeah, heavy the, intercessors. Yeah, Ooh. So I got a box of five of those, um, which I'll probably get another box to equal 10. Um, I, once again, I don't know enough about this stuff. This is where a lot of my questions come into play. Sure, sure. we'll get to those. Um, but so in the meantime, then I was at the store and like we don't have any. I could throw out some 3D printed uh, Legion terrain if I you know wanted to or Legion terrain to give us terrain and stuff. So then I bought for 100 bucks at the store. They had the Urban Conquest game system and it comes with, you know, it comes with what does it come with? It comes with some, you know, ground terrain, stuff like that. So it's just ground effects terrain. Ooh. So for, for a hundred bucks, I just got all that terrain, you know, which is that a new box? I usually keep it. I don't know. I, no, I it's been out for a while. Um, it's not in print anymore. Though, I don't think. I've not seen that in a really long time. I think we've got two or three left at Sentry box. Yeah. If you want one. Hmm. But when you, when you look at the cost of terrain, a hundred bucks for you know ten or twelve pieces, even if they're small pieces, is a gigantic deal. That's where my son and I were talking, and you know, and he's like, "Yeah, that's a great deal," because we were looking at just other terrain that was similar size, like forty bucks for one piece. And yep, 
So, so well, I got that. And it, that's if you go uh, Games Workshop. There are other avenues. No, 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 no. no. This is the, the this. Uh, yes, I understand there's other avenues, but I'm trying to do it where I'm keeping stores alive rather than going eBay or any of the other. I think yeah, that means yeah. uh, non GW terrain, as in you can buy non Games Workshop oh, yeah, terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah more generic. I, I, is that what you meant, Ed? Am I putting words that, in my Yeah, no, no, no. That's exactly what I meant. So, like, for example, Gear Force 9 does these uh, Battlefield in the Box. Uh, they are pre-painted um, battlefield pieces. I always I've go for the those, Goth- yeah. I go for the Gothic Ruins one. I have several pieces of those. Those are perfect for 40k. And then you literally, quite legitimately, open the box and put, it, put it on the, on the table. table. Yeah, and it's done. And and I'm all for that too because that's less painting I have to do. But I didn't really realize that at the time, and I needed to get my store card. They have a wards program. I needed to get it above 250 points so that I could get 20% off my gigantic purchase that I made. So anyway, that day I bought the the combat patrol box, the, the heavy intercessors, and then the Space Marines captain with master crafted heavy bolt rifle. Ooh, there you um, go. So I have a real leader and not just the sergeant that's in the box and... And then once again, I really don't know anything about this or the the characters or anything like that. And I've been waiting. So my son and I, after that, we went out to actually, I think on Friday, him and I went out to, because I took the Friday off and he had the Friday off. We went out to the Games Workshop store here in Omaha and talked to that guy. And we I, we were able to pick up two core books. So we each have one. I wanted one and he wanted one. So he had it with his friends. And then I got the Space Marine Codex, the current one. And then we ordered the Ultramarines Codex so that I would have that. And I haven't started building because I'm waiting to get that before I do just to see. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, has it. Uh, Dad told us it's the old edition one. I've still not opened mine yet. Still sealed. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still considered current. And so. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing to me is it doesn't really matter if it's older, you know, whatever's current is current, you know, and I understand because I played Warhammer Fantasy, how it works, where codexes are updated with armies and new models and all that type of stuff. And right. I get it, you know, and when the new codex comes out, I'll be buying the new codex when the new supplement comes out, when the new rules come out, because I'm just a collector like that. I love the pictures and I'm not a creative person to where I would understand everything. So the pictures are really helpful for painting and things like that for me too, even though I have no idea how to do it. So I dropped a link for you in their podcast crap to go and look at that Gale Force nine stuff. If you want to go take a look. Yep. Yeah. I'll I'll look also available from the century books. (laughs) (laughs) I highly recommend that Gothic line. It's perfect for 40 K because it's just ruined buildings and legitimately Sean, you open the box, you put it on the table. They're heavy. I I know what it is. Actually I do. Yeah. The game shop does carry it. It's just, I didn't even think about it at the time, but this was actually pretty cool to get that much. Oh, that's cool too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I've become hundred bucks. Yeah. That's something I was leaning into is like, I've become a bit of a, of a terrain snob. Like way back in the day, I was looking up tutorials on how to make your own ruins out of like poster board and, you know, using straws to make it look like there's pipe work. And I did those way back in the day. But then whenever I first started getting my first actual GW based terrain and you look at that and you look at the poster board um, or even like the 3D, the, the, 
what am I thinking? The MDF board, the laser cut MDF board stuff. Right. You look at that, and then you look at all of the dripping skulls of detail that Games Workshop puts into their terrain. And I've just become a, I'm a gigantic GW snob. So like all of my terrain over time, I have rotated out all of that stuff and replaced it with Games Workshop stuff. So if I, when I set yeah. up my table, everything with the exception of the battlefield in the box, I still kept those. Everything except those, it's all GW terrain. And and that makes sense. You know, terrain to me is terrain. It's whatever you, you know, a book is terrain, you know. It it, it can be, but it so helps you get into the immersion of right. looking at no, no, guys I, shooting their laser guns in this really cool thing. And there's a skull on that building and they're standing on top of this thing where where ships land in. Like, it's, I, yeah, I, I this is the reason why Games Workshop's in a billion dollar business because of guys like me. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah. So getting getting into this so i talked to chris and i'm like well point me in the right direction at least get me started you know on what i'm looking at what i need to do so he told me you know the new stuff that was coming out i couldn't find the librarian they didn't have that um so basically every day this week i've been looking at games workshop site and you know trying to get to the you know figure out um you know what's the next step because this is the hardest thing for me is to my son, he just sees it. He understands it. He buys it. You know, mm-hmm. he gets it because he reads through the books. He 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 understands the lore more so now for his thousand sons than I ever do for Space Marines. And so, you know, one of the things that Chris and I talked about was was the purism. Is that what it was, Chris? What What, what did you call it? About um, everything having to be the same. Oh, you know, yeah. the, so for me, yeah, I if I was going to do a Primaris army, I couldn't. Cause I'd, have, I'd have to do three different Primaris armies because they're laid out by the different armor types. So you've got the yeah, full horse armor that comes in the box. You've got the intercessor plate and the, like the gravis armor is the yep. heavy intercessor armor. Yeah. See, um, I'd go one step. I'd go one step further because, again, so you're entering the game at an interesting time in that Primaris are really kind of being. We all thought they were going to be the replacements for basic Space Marines, basic Astartes. So uh, all no, of my no, Space we didn't. Marines, we all you. Okay, I did. I thought that's where they were going. So there are smaller Marines, which are the Adeptus Astartes, and then the Primaris are a little bit bigger, which they are considered to be quote-unquote true scale, what a real Space Marine would look like. It's always been weird if you put like a human guardsman right next to a, a, an Astartes model. They're basically the same height, where Astartes are supposed to be these eight-and-a-half-foot-tall killing machines. It just didn't look like it was to the correct scale. Right. So you're in an interesting point where if you were, you're starting an army now, you can just build everything in Primaris Marines and they're all the, the correct scale. I'm in a situation where I have a whole bunch of old Astartes models. When you look at my Primaris models next to my Astartes, you're like, well, what are these mini Marines doing there? So for me, my army, I'm segregating Primaris from Astartes. So if I'm going to start a, a new army, if if I'm going to add Primaris that came in the Indominus box set, that's right there. Um, they have to be their own faction. They cannot be part of my army because they're the two don't mix. So I have to paint those see, in a new. And that's the funny thing to me, because you guys talk about all of that. And that's the thing I care the least about. Right. You know, right. Like no. for me, I have no like I don't get that emotional connection. Because, number one, probably because I don't know the story. But number two, it's like, 
I just want to put models on the table and play and have yeah, fun. Yeah, and you, you, you know? could care less whether they were well, these ones are smaller than those ones. Yep. No, I totally yeah. enjoy. For me, it's not necessarily a story thing. It's it's a, it's an ethic thing. I don't know. For me, it's a it's a. No, I get it. It's I totally get it. And I know, still think like, the Primaris Marines are stupid. I still think the, their addition to the stories is stupid. I understand how they're tying them in. I just think they're dumb. Like the idea that Belisarius Call came along and improved on the Emperor's design and made Space Marines only better. 10,000 years ago and poof here they are feels well, and, weird to me it's a feels weird part of the lore story so I don't necessarily dislike Primaris Marines but I don't trust them. So the, the oh. good thing about that Ed, is because you're so out of date on the uh, the novels and stuff you're actually just out of touch if you were up to date I think you might feel slightly differently. Yeah, maybe because uh, it goes finished, a lot. I finished Avenging Sun. No, what I mean is the um, the Horace Heresy stuff. So it goes a lot in the later books into the creation for Primarchs and the creation of the Astartes and who did the work and um, uh, the Siege of Terror series. So if you read um, Sons of the Selenar, uh, is a good good one. Uh, that's got a decent amount of like stuff about the creation of the actual Space Marine Norwegians. Ooh, all twenty of them? Um, no, <laughs> but um, just the one. But there, there weren't even so. This is it. The, the pre-Dark Angels. Oh, they're not the first Legion because they're just all there is. They're not Thunder Warriors, then. It's not. No, it's, it's a transition not from. I, I'll, I'll not spoil it too much, but like. It, it's a transition from Thunder Warriors into Astartes okay, and gotcha. how like the Emperor solidifying the, um, the seat of power on Terra. Uh, that's a lot of that stuff is in um, I forgot the guy's name now. The Who's the Adeptus Custodius? Valdar, um, uh, Constantine Valdar. Mm. Uh, he's I think it's just called Valdar, uh, the novel. Hmm. Interesting. But anyway, that's going to be a little off the beaten path on what uh, Sean wanted to get into because he had questions. Okay. So, from a so, new perspective. So, so I got to start this out. So, the the hard part for me to, uh, to totally understand is so in the codex, when I look at the, the, the beauty, the beautiful codex that I have, it has, I believe, all the Space Marines that are legal to play. Is that correct? Correct. So, for, for generic space marines, space marines, that's right? Because so, they they have the the different sub factions, yeah. yeah, sub factions of each individual space marine legion. Correct. So, for example, you gotcha. have the Ultramarines book, um, which is a sub faction of generic space marines. So, so like what I have right now is I have the box of guys that are in Phobos armor. And then I have the intercessors, which are in a different type of armor. Yeah. And then I have the captain who's in a different type of armor. And they're all in the book. I found them all in the book. Yeah, so the, there's nothing that disallows them being played together. Yeah, it was more of my... So the way I see it in my head when I picture how it would work, and it's partially from being in the military, I suppose, is right. that when you go to stores and get your armor... They're not going to go like, well, you're slightly better at this, so you can have this style of armor. Right, you can have the. Right. It's like, this is the armor we've got in stock today, boys. Off you pop. You're getting. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I, I totally get it. And But that's one of the things, you know, so basically the box of heavy intercessors doesn't matter if it matches the combat Vanguard no. box. No. So that's that's kind of the big thing right now with me. The, only, the, the only thing that you're going to get from the perspective of what the armor itself looks like is to ensure that your army is painted in a fairly uniform manner. So, for example, you're doing Ultramarines. It's going to be anticipated that you're going to do Ultramarine Blue as the primary color throughout. Right. And what now, type of armor they're building or what weapons they're carrying is genuinely irrelevant to that. So, okay, so I'm looking at Amazon right now, and they have Primaris Hellblasters. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I got that, there's no issue using them in None. with my vanguards or anything else. No. So oh. what we should probably do is talk about a little bit about how um, 40K armies are constructed. And this gets into like the force organization charts that they fall into. So, do you have your core rulebook? Out of curiosity, did that happen? Did you have no? It has a PDF version. No, I have. Oh, you did get one. You did get it. Perfect. Hold on. I. We're going to go do. uh, Okay, children, turn to page X. (laughs) So the first thing you're going to want to take note of, and that is going to be. I would like you to turn to page 248. This battle which dis- is, uh, detachments. This is going to describe what an attachment is. And an attachment is how an army in 40K is constructed. So in the upper left-hand corner of the, the data sheet for each of your Warhammer 40K units is going to be a symbol. It's either going to be a skull, which represents an HQ unit. It's going to be a little triangle, which represents a, a troop unit. A little skull and crossbones that represents yep. an elite. This is something uh, my son and I were talking about that we didn't totally understand. Yep, and we'll 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 get this for you. Uh, the lightning bolt is for fast attack. Uh, for, the, for this is for the listeners at home. The little explosion. It's okay. I'm uh, about to throw it up on the screen. Just, the lightning bolt represents uh, a heavy support, and then you have a little sword with wings that represents flyers. Um, you also have other ones like um, super heavy detachments, but we'll get to that. So when you're building an army, you want to build into one of these detachments. So, for example, for as small as an army that you and your son are going to have, I would look at something called a patrol attachment. Now, the reason for that is the box that you bought is a combat patrol. It's meant to fit into this force organization chart. Okay. So that one in the upper hand left, uh, the very top on page 248 is a patrol detachment. It says that you are required to have a minimum of one HQ unit and one troop unit. Those are the ones that are listed in red. All and of those it, are the ones. It, it's up to your right, Ed, if you just want to point to it, you know. Oh, it, that would be up here. Yeah. All of the <laughs> others, all of the other slots that are listed in gray are considered to be optional. So you can have up to from one to two HQ units in your army. You can have up to one to three troop units. You can have zero to two elites, zero to two fast attack. 0-2 heavy support, and 0-2 flyers. That is how you build your army. So, for example, the box set that you got, let me pull the exact box set up, because I think that came with a lieutenant, which falls into the H- yeah. HQ, yeah, HQ slot. Do, 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 do. Where I is suppose. it? Space Marines, I Control, can... perfect. Okay, so you came with... Primaris Lieutenant Phobos Armor is going to fall into your HQ slot. The 10 Primaris Infiltrators, I think Infiltrators fall under their troop selection. Suppressors are falling into the Fast Attack slots. 
your eliminators are falling into your elite slot. And then the impulsor is a transport. Uh, trans- dedicated transports are pretty much freebies as long as they can be attached to another unit. So what you have there fills almost one of every slot. You have one HQ in there. You have one troop. You have one elite. You have one fast attack. And then you have a dedicated transport that you can put your troops in. Does that make sense? Yep. <clears throat> so when you're so- looking to build additions, when you're looking at what do I, what can I add to this? Look at these individual detachments. So where you have an opening is you have no um, heavy support right now, currently. Now, you did get heavy intercessors. That's a, that's a troop choice as well. Yep. So when you look at the units in your codex and you go, ooh, these look cool. What do those fit into? You'll be able to say, oh, if I want to fit them into my control, I only have one more slot that I can fit another elite in. So I want to pick the one elite that I want to add into that. I only have one more fast attack slot that I can fit into there. But I have two heavy supports that are wide open that I can fill in two additional units that can fit in there. So that's how those that's how those are constructed. Now, so as you, I oh, do no, have. OK, so before I, we carry, I, I stop me, because otherwise I'm just <laughs> going to keep going on. So so we have the detachment and then we have the different types of would you call them units or what do you call those? So those are force organization uh, slots. OK, so what determines how many elites in that zero to two that I can have? Is that coming one out of squad. the codex? Yeah, so one codex entry. So if you go yeah, to your what? Space Marine codex, um, it'll be broken down into uh, HQ. Um, so hold on, hold on. Let me. Yeah, let me. So I'm not really looking at HQ because I get that. It's yeah. usually one guy. Yeah, so, so like let's here, I. I opened up to Scout Squad. Scouts, yeah. I think, are... They're troops. Uh, troops. One, 144. Yep, yeah. those would be troops. And you can so. tell that because in that little symbol right next to the picture of the model is... a okay. No, they're elites. I was going to say, I thought they were elites. So, uh, okay, so they're elites. Okay, so what makes up a unit of these is having four to nine scouts and one sergeant? Yeah. Or right. is it just... No. So you have to have the sergeant? Correct. Yeah. The sergeants are a requirement for that unit, and then you can have up to four to nine additional scouts. So basically, you four to ten is what the unit size is. Five, well, it's five to ten. Five, five, yeah. five to ten. Yeah, five yeah. to ten. And think of it this way: so for especially space marines, it's going to be really easy. Usually, space marines is a very regimented kind of thing. So each individual squad has a squad leader, and then yeah. other guys that fall under him. So for so, this particular entry, you've got. So I don't know. Yeah, if you, intercessors. Like, okay, yeah. perfect. So let's go to their entry on. So if you open that box up, Sean, you would be able to build either a sergeant and four or five right. normal. And so that... the reason, okay, because that answers my next question was, yeah. so basically when they sell their stuff, they're selling it so you could legally put it on the table. Yeah. They don't do what Fantasy Flight does or what they did where you had to buy three cores to have a viable game to play type thing. You no, um, So this five troop unit here that I have has the one, the one sergeant or leader yeah. and then the four other units. So, so generally for space Marines, the box gives you the minimum number. Okay. And then you buy two boxes if you want to do a maximum. Maximum. And then you just turn the sergeant guy into another troop. Yeah. It'll be a a helmet option or something like that. Yeah. It's like a helmet or an arm swap or something like that says, ooh. And you'll see it whenever you look at the instructions, whenever you're building the model. It'll say, hey, you can build a sergeant with this or you can build this regular base guy. 
Because because that's the that was what was confusing me. But now that I see it and talking to you, it actually makes complete sense that four to nine with the with the leader underneath. Um, so then, okay. So the next thing is is when I'm looking at this book, the Space Marine book, I'm looking at weapons. So they have, and I'm I I just turn to random pages always because that's sure, how go ahead, pick one. Um, we're, we're following along at home. <laughs> Uh, let me find one. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, golly, I keep finding things that are like single and stuff. Um, okay, Blade Guard Veteran Squad. So, page one hundred and fifty. Great unit, by the way. So, when I look at that, I can have three to six units and or three to six models in yeah. that unit, and then I can build them out any way I want with weapons, or or is it? You're going to have certain amounts in each. So if you read further down, it should tell you the weapon options that they come with as standard. If you keep going, I don't have it. I'll have to go and open mine. Yeah, so it says weapon. You said Blade Guard Veteran Squadron? Yeah, page 150. Yeah, so you get one Blade Guard Veteran Sergeant and then two to five Blade Guard Veterans. Right, okay, so the next, next box down is what's confusing me. Well, hang on, but there, there's a line above that next one. So what it says for those, it says for this unit, if this unit contains four or more models, it has a power rating of a 10. Skip past that for a moment. The next line says every model is equipped with a heavy bolt pistol, a mastercrafted sword, frag grenades, crack grenades, and storm shield. When you get down to that box where it says weapons, all those other weapons. Just describing what they have. Those are things that you can switch out for, and it'll give you the point styles for what you can change out for. So I think actually the Blade Guard Veterans Squad is probably a bad example because it doesn't look like they have many options. Because it looks like the heavy bolt, the Neo Volkite pistol is for the sergeant. Uh, yeah, but then, that's a good way of doing it because you don't overwhelm him with. Yeah, okay, that's true. Right. So, all right, so the, the only way you can build these, if you look at the picture at the bottom, Sean, mm-hmm. where it's got the, uh, the Black Templar, the Ultramarine, and the White Scar one. Yep. So the only options you have is in the War Gear bot, War Gear options bullet point. The Blade Guard veteran, veteran Sergeant's heavy bolt pistol can be replaced with one of the following. One Neo Volkite pistol or one plasma pistol. So that's okay. that guy, the Ultramarine Sergeant in the center is holding the Volkite pistol. Okay. So you could build him with one of three different pistols, but all of the others would just have swords and shields, and then the guns would be in the, in the holsters. Yes, they were meant to be. Okay, so then in the box, will it come with the three different... So I don't... Generally, it it should, but not all boxes have all options. So in that sense, sometimes it might be like you're thinking of having to buy an A-Wing to get push limits. Right. Uh, but so you have to buy extras, okay. You don't... That, for so Primaris, the, though, if he's building Primaris, I don't think he's going to genuinely have that yeah, problem. But... The other thing as well is if you built that sergeant with a sword in his hand and then mm-hmm. the pistol was in this in the holster. Okay. What pistol is it? It's Schrodinger's pistol. It's a pistol you need it to be at any time you like. Yeah. Which could be the bolt pistol, the Neo Volkite. Yeah. Correct. Because every model carries those. Correct. Yeah, and then so, you're choosing which weapon you're using each turn to to shoot. Well, so you obviously once you when you make your list, you pick which what weapon the, you, the guy has. But generally, there's a rule in Warhammer called WYSIWYG, which is 
an acronym for what you see is what you get. Right. So if he's holding, so if he's, if a model is holding a Volkite pistol, that model has to have a Volkite pistol. If he's holding so a that, sword, that was, yeah. that was the question I was going to ask. Now, that, obviously, now. that's for tournament play in an official event. Right. If you're right. playing against me or Ed or your son, it doesn't fucking yeah, matter. Build not, what looks cool. Right. Yeah, but I yeah. can't tell you the number of Space Marines that I have that have melt gun, that have a flamer, that have. My so you can change them out, right? Right, because let's say the meta says right now that sergeants with power fist are really, really good. So I have three sergeants that have power fist, but then power fist go up to 50 points and all of a sudden they're not viable. Now I have three sergeants that have chain swords because that's cheaper and easier option. So, right. yeah, it starts to get to that point. That's where people will start like magnetizing sometimes those those to be able to swap the arms out of them. Don't go that route. Right now, what I would all I would focus on is play with what looks cool and what it has fun with. What you do need to keep in mind, though, is that on some of those, there are points uh, associated with those. So, for example, where it says the Blade Guard veterans can swap out his heavy bolt pistol for a Neovolkite pistol, if you're playing for power, that's going to add one more power to your list. If you're playing for points, the Neovolkite pistol is an additional 10 points on top of the Sergeant. So it's just like adding an upgrade in X-Wing, where I can get this, but I have to pay the points to get to it. So really quick, where does it say that? That so the point, a, the points are right at the back. Yeah, the, yeah. The oh, points are so the, so if I go to the back, okay, that yeah, I've seen that. Where the, yeah, but where, where the line the that profiles we're talking, of each one? Yeah, yeah. right. Well, it, even further back. So if you go further back, I think it is. If you look back to page two hundred two, yeah. you're going to start seeing the point values for things. Now, I will tell you ahead of time that that is out of date. Because Games Workshop does this thing where they like to rebalance their game every year and they adjust point costs for things. And they put out the chapter approved book that gives you adjusted point values for like, let's say, for example, this particular unit's doing really, really well. They clearly under uh, under costed it. They're going to bump up that unit by 15 points. The chapter approved will basically errata that unit to going up or down in points Okay. for you guys. If you're not paying at a tournament level. Don't worry about that. Just play with what's the, the point values that are in the book. Don't don't concern and that's, that, that's the biggest thing for us is we're never going to play. In, I'm I don't ever plan on playing in then any never tournament, worry about any it. game. You know, then then play at power level and never worry about it. That's what Chris was telling me is worry about power level more so than points. Ultimately, though, you could just do it either way. I mean, it, it doesn't really. You know, so as we get as we become you, more understanding, we could points kind of makes it a little more intriguing because it's variability. Well, and points becomes a little bit more balanced. And so the reason for that, whenever point level was originally introduced, um, there are ways the the technically the way the rules are written for uh, power level, it's whatever the models have, that's what they have. Okay. So there were people that could actually squeeze. So I think it's 50 points. 50 power level is basically the pseudo equivalent to a thousand point army. But there were people that could actually squeeze in a 1500 point army just by modifying and changing things based on their models. And they don't adjust the power level anyway. So you could game the power system if you wanted to. Yeah, it's not something that you're going to need to worry about. I I think we mentioned when we're chatting about the granularity of it. You're effectively playing with, if you imagine it as a couple of decimal, the decimal points moved up a little bit. Right, you know right. exactly. Instead of playing in a thousand point game, you're playing, as I said, a fifty point game. 
Right. So yeah. you, if something's worth 50 points more, it's worth like 0.5 more. Which yeah, is, yeah, but yeah. you can't change that because it doesn't exist. But 50 points adds up if you keep doing it. Right. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense because that's something that my son and I are trying to figure out is how to play. I think he wants to play more points. I've discussed because I like that you know, the X-Wing card where you just throw it down. These are the ships you play. Yeah. And this is what the power uh, What is. I would advise, like, uh, you will eventually just go to point strong because it's the way that 99% of people in the world play. What I was yeah. saying to you about power level is while you're learning the game, that's the best way to do it because that means that you two can play because you've got an equal power level. If you add up the points for Araman on a disc, um, 10 Rubric Marines, and um, I can't remember what the other thing is that's in that box, but like the points will be drastically different. So suddenly you don't have equal forces anymore. Yeah, so, no, I understand that. And you obviously, that you, you, you guys have bought more stuff anyway, so it's not really relevant. But yeah, I mean, but if to start out, we're just going to do the box. I'm not going to do the vehicle. Yeah, because we're looking at the Vanguard box compared to this this yeah. uh, Thousand Suns box. We're the equalizer. The vehicle, and it may not change it much. It just gives might give me an advantage to something. You know, we don't know yet because we've never played. But yeah. That's the thing. So, so with that said, then, so how often do they update this stuff? Like the codex, how often um, the co- is that? Codex comes out generally once per edition, and the points unless, unless are changed. Space Marines, unless you're Space Marines, then you get it twice. Uh, not really. I think there's uh, more. There's more editions that have only I, had I'm, one. I, I, I've he, I, he's correct. There was one edition where they got. Space Marines got a 2.0, which was 8th edition. That they got was that codices. just a balancing piece, or what was that? It was supposed to be, but it, it became the premier codex. It was grossly overpowered, and everybody yeah. was playing it. Because that's the problem that we had with Warhammer Fantasy, was that when I was playing 10 years ago, was the fact that they would do an army and a codex, and only one army and one codex at a time. Mm-hmm. They would so, update it. So... But so they so when they just to to clarify so by updating as far as printed material I would agree with Chris in the fact that once per edition you're probably going to get one book so for example my Necron book that came out whenever ninth edition came out is probably not going to get updated again during the course of ninth edition where they make their updates after the printed edition comes out is with that chapter approved where they adjust point values and that comes and, out every year and they do that every yeah. book. Yeah, it's a book yeah, you can yeah. buy. Uh, it's like 15 books or something from memory for you, I think. Is it yeah. 15? So yeah. It's going to look like this. Don't get this one because the 2021's due out on Saturday. Yeah, it comes out but tomorrow. What this, is, what this is going to do is this, is gonna, this actually contains two books. Uh, the first book that's in Chapter Approved is going to be all of the missions oh, okay. that, are okay. pro- that are approved for tournament play. I wouldn't worry right. so much about this. The one that you're looking for is this book on the inner in this inside, which is called the Mutatorium Field Manual. And literally all this is, is points adjustments. Okay. It goes through every, sense. goes through every unit of the game, every weapon in the game and says, this is the new points for 2021. Yeah. So that answers, so, that answers that. Cause the questions I ever. Yeah, that's what I meant. Whenever I said you're, you're, you're already printed space ring codex is now going to be two points changes behind starting on Saturday when they re when they reprint this. Okay. For the twenty for the year twenty twenty one. 
that that makes sense and we can pick that up and in, in, if we're playing by points and it will help both Aaron, myself, and his friends understand that too. Correct. I'm actually I'm glad you brought that up because you know if we don't understand those things, um, the next question I have is okay. So gameplay. So this isn't a everybody kills everything type game, right? This is a this is a you have a scenario with objectives and that type of thing. Is that how the game is played? So that yeah. is something. So the. Yeah, so hmm, it's probably easier if I pull that right back out. <laughs> so, yes, in short, um, missions are designed to have physical objectives on the board, and it is broken down into primary and secondary objectives. The primary objectives are usually those physical um, uh, objectives on the board. If you hold them for so long, X, Y, and Z amount of time, you get so many points. Uh, like full game, the absolute maximum amount of points you can get in ninth edition is 100 points. Okay. So you can get 45 points for your primary objective. You can get 45 points for your secondary objectives, and then you get additional 10 points at the end for having a fully painted army. So in the beginning, I would just give everyone that extra 10 points. Right. Yeah, Don't do it, Sean. Get- Don't do it. Paint yours first. Or, or you could something. do that. Or you could do that. Well, you I hold the that. primer, so right now I have that advantage. So I'm going to grab a random mission uh, out of out of chance. So, for example, I'm looking at a mission, and it gives you the deployment okay. on where each player deploys. So that, that and, reminds me of Rune Wars. Yeah, and these little circles here are where you put the physical markers. I poker chips work. Um, they're supposed okay. to be 40 millimeter bases. What I did is these, which are vinyl objective markers, because it is a it's a, a distance from the center that you have to stand to hold an objective. So these are great because you can just toss them on the table and any model that touches this is within that range of that objective mark. But you can okay. use like it's poker chips work just fine. OK, so each mission is going to tell you what the primary is. So, for example, the one that I just showed you. Um, if you hold one or more objective marker, you get five points. If you control two or more objective markers, you get 10, three or more, you get 15. Um, you score that at the end of every single turn, except for the first. Okay. So over the course of the game, for your primary objectives, you can build up to a grand total of 45 points. Once okay. you hit that 45 points, you stop. You can't gain any more after that. So, in okay, so... Is that, so, is that so confusing? Killing- no, no, no. It actually it, that part makes sense. So killing models isn't the primary goal. Killing, killing models, models is killing not, models is is a secondary effect to objective based game. Correct, but they can also be secondary objectives. So, for example, in the core rulebook, <laughs> I feel like this is library time. Okay, in the core rulebook, they will describe mission values, and that is going to be. Give me one second. So that is that. Where does it give secondary objectives? Right after that, that, not there. That's using stratagems and strategic reserves. As actions, we'll get to that. Terrain features, terrain traits, match play. Perfect. So on page 284, each player gets to select three secondary objectives. One from each type. So you can do one from Purge the Enemy, one for No Mercy, No Respite, no one for Battle Supremacy. So, for example, 
Purge the enemy, the very first um, secondary is it's an end game objective and you score three victory points at the end of each battle round for every character you kill. So there are secondary missions specifically out there saying, hey, if I killed your Phobos um, uh, lieutenant in, or your lieutenant in Phobos armor, I get three points for that. And again, there's 45 points to be had on those secondary objectives. So if you're playing against an army that runs a lot of characters and they will have the character keyword written in their in their rules in their data sheet, you right. can go and killing those is worth points. Okay. So while I agree with you from the primary perspective, killing models is kind of a secondary part of the game to holding those primary objectives. There's still a whole second half to that scoring, which are those secondary objectives, which can be. How many tanks do you kill? How many monstrous creatures do you kill? How many like there's one. What's the one that I'm thinking? Slay the Warlords, my favorite. If every one of your armies has a quote unquote warlord, he's the leader. You get bonus points if you kill the leader. Yeah. Yeah. like It's great. But there's one that's like designed for it's like thin their ranks. There it is. If you select this objective, uh, keep a tally of kill points. Each time an, an enemy model is destroyed, add one point to the tally. So the more models you kill the more points you score in your secondaries. So at the okay. end of every, at the end of every battle round, you're going to add up at the end how much of this did I do? That's how many points I scored in that round. And you, okay. every every game is 5 rounds. So at the end of 5 rounds, every round you're how many did I get here? How many did I get here? How many did I get here? Okay. Until you get to the total at the end. Um okay, so the next question is so let's say I have the heavy intercessors on the mm-hmm. board. I don't know where they are in the book, but I have the heavy intercessors on the board and I have 10 of them and I'm just using them as an example, but so they have five wounds. Okay. Let's just say that they had five wounds. Is that per model or is that just per Per model? So yeah, it's per model. Although I think uh, heavy intercessors actually have three wounds, don't they? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just throwing an arbitrary number out there because I'm not on their, on their page. So so they are, I just passed them because they're in the troop choice for reasons. Yeah, so each of the intercessors uh, has three wounds. So we're in the, that part, Ed. So you can do what I said, which is make an army list of that type of armor. Yeah. So each type of armor needs its troop choice. You're right. <laughs> Literally you're right. no other reason. I know. Uh, yeah, so that's page, that's page 141 on your Space Marine Codex, by the way. Okay. So, and that's determined by the type of armor they have? Uh, so it's all power armor in the book. It's all the same, but um, is it all the same? Am I just lying now? So for your space marines, it's three sort up, of based up, on the type up, yeah. of unit. So f- if you look at other armies, like so, for example, my Necron warriors—they have one. They have one wound because they're only smaller units. They're twelve points, thirteen points each. Your heavy okay. intercessors are like twenty-eight points each. So you're paying for the extra wounds, which means that they're tougher. They can take more damage before they finally die or are taken off the field. They're also that, that slower. Makes... Only they are also speed. Yeah, yeah. They're the movement. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of that, and that'll depend on what type of unit you have for movement and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's one of the things I love that Eighth Edition brought back was way back in the day in Second Edition Forty K. Each individual model had its own movement rating. In third edition, they tried to streamline things. Vehicles move 12 and units move six. 
But it didn't make sense that certain units are like, there, there's no way to represent how fast a, like a model is on the field. Like, why is this guy the same spike speed as that guy? So yeah, right. each individual unit has their own movement speed, which is measured in inches with a tape measure. So if, if you attack me and you do five wounds, that means I take one model off the table. So, yeah. all right, before we get to that, so we need to kind of talk about the entire combat round. So okay. when you're looking at that, stat line you're looking heavy intercessors so let's look at that entire stat line and what those numbers mean so m obviously you have figured out his movement that yep. is represented in the inches and just for the record to make sure that you build the habit correctly it is from base to base so for example if you put your tape measure at five inches on the back of your space marine model and you've got the front of your base going to that five inch mark the front of your base needs to go to the end you don't get to get the extra inch half an inch on that because so it's not front to back. It's like whatever you measure from is the same thing you measure from the beginning. So if I'm measuring from the front here, I'm measuring from the front up there. Right. Just, just, just yep. It's one of my nitpicky little things that people always pull up. Yep. The next thing that comes up is weapon skill. Weapon skill represents your hand-to-hand -hand combat abilities. Okay. These are all done on D6s. And what that means is that your Space Marine Heavy Intercessors, if they're fighting in close combat, hit on a 3+. plus. So okay. you roll 8 dice or however many attacks you're rolling. Everyone that's a 3 and higher is a hit everything that's a lower is a miss okay Ball ballistic skill same thing everything that's a three and higher is a hit everything that's a one or a two is a miss and ballistics is ranged right exactly is, is yeah is shooting okay the s represents strength that is physically how strong that model is that is usually only used in close combat we'll get to that on what it, deter it basically determines how easy it is for you to wound the model that you're attacking okay uh T represents toughness. That's how physically tough you are and how easy you are to go off of wounds. It makes things more difficult for you to for you to be wounded based on that number. W represents the number of wounds. That is the amount of damage that you can take before a model falls and dies. A represents attacks. That is, again, physical hand-to-hand -hand attacks. That does not translate to ballistic attack. So, for example... Your heavy intercessors are armed with executioner bolt rifles. That doesn't mean that you get to fire that weapon twice because the model has two attacks. You get to shoot once. Those attacks are in physical hand-to-hand -hand combat. Okay. Uh, LD represents your leadership. That's how prone you are to staying into the fights. You know, if you fail a leadership role, you start taking attrition and start losing models. And the save is what you save uh, if someone tries to wound you and do damage to you. That is the number that you need to roll to have your armor shrug off that one. Gotcha. So a basic attack would be, I'm shooting you with my Necron Warriors that hit on a 4+. plus. I've got 10 of them, and they're firing into your squad of 5 Heavy Intercessors. They hit on a 4+, plus. so I roll 10 dice, and 5 of those dice hit. I then pick those dice up that are hits, and I'm trying to do wounds. Your toughness is 5. My So this starts getting into the, if, you're if the toughness and strength of a weapon are the same, it is a four plus to do a wound. If your my strength is one above, but not double your toughness, I wound on a three plus. If my strength is double your toughness or more, I wound on a two plus. And that goes the opposite way too. So for example, your toughness is five. My Necron Warriors are firing at a strength four. I actually need fives to wound you. Because you take off one because of the difference. Right, because you're tougher yeah. than my guns are shooting at. Gotcha. Well, so, yeah, if, if, it's it, a, if it's the same, it's fours. If it's better, it's threes. If it's a lot better, it's twos. If it's a lot worse, it's sixes. If it's a little bit worse, it's fives. Right, Okay. exactly. And, and that comes off of the S 
on the the weapon. Yeah. The S on the weapon. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So out of those five dice, I'm going to pick them up and only two of them move because I needed five because I needed five to wound you. So you now have two wounds that you need to allocate to some model on your board. So you're going to pick up the you're going to pick up two dice and you're going to roll um, dice for saves. You roll on it. You save on a three plus and you roll a five and a six. You shrug off both of those wounds. Let's okay. take that exact same scenario and say that you fail those rolls. You roll a one and a two. So you have two wounds. So you need to pick one model in that unit and allocate those two wounds. To you. you keep allocating wounds to a single model until it dies and then move on to the next one. Okay, so you can't do it across no. 10 models. So it's basically your hit points are the models. So what about uh, if it was a unit of arc bikes and each one of them had a different weapon option? Oh, fifth edition! Bikes. How how I miss the. Oh. <laughs> That's how it was done in fifth edition. If each model was equipped differently, you had to allocate wounds differently. So there were people that gamed the system. Uh, they did the same thing with um, Thunderwolf Cavalry. They did the same thing with. Um, there was another uh, exploit on that. But point being is basically you kept going. I go a wound here, a wound here, a wound here, a wound here. So basically, you had to do like twenty wounds before you killed a single model. It was fucking joke. <laughs> They fixed that in 6th yeah. edition. No more of that. You need to keep allocating wounds to a single... And once you've started allocating wounds, you have to keep allocating wounds to that model until it dies. But what so it does, then, it allows you to kind of shield a model. So let's say, for example, your sergeant had a really, really cool gun and you wanted to keep him in the game. You can kill off all of his buddies until he's the last model standing. That I was my you. next question. Lead from the front. Lead from the front, <laughs> but duck... So, so with that, that's where the leadership rating comes in. If well, so leadership comes in the last phase of the game. So the game works in, in in phases. So the beginning phase is the command phase. That's where there's a lot of stuff that you'll see in the space screen character that says in your command phase you can do X, Y, or Z. You also get an additional command point. Command points are used on these things called stratagems, which are little in-game advantages that you can give yourself. Some of them are one command point to do this. Um, I, I think you're shooting too deep now at, for the, the question of what leadership's for. Okay, fair argument. Leadership is, so the last phase at the end of, at the end of a phase, you have to take, a, at the end of the, your turn, you have to take a leadership check. Um, if you've taken wounds that turn. You basically roll so these. So it's wounds. It's wounds. Yes. So, so is it it's wounds not... or is it deaths? Is it wounds or is it dead? That, models? that was my question. I don't know. You, you'll have to no. look because I don't have my robot with me. It's over there. And when you said that, I think <laughs> that it is actually dead models. I think you actually, it's actually models that have died. Yeah. Okay. Now that you've said that out loud, all these pretty, pretty pictures. Oh, look at that. I put this little ribbon there for the rules. Oof. Psychic. I do believe it is dead models, not. Morale test. Okay. Starting with player whose turn it is. Uh, players alternate taking round test. Uh, if the player has one or more units, they have taken round test. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, destroyed models this turn. It is not wounds, it's destroyed models. Yeah. So you actually have to lose a model to have to take, a, take a, um, a morale check. How you take a morale check is you roll a d6 plus the number of models that you lost. That died. That died. If it beats your leadership, you have to take attrition. Attrition says you lose an additional model, which that's the guy that says, screw you guys, I'm going home. So that's then, just one model you're losing. Well, that's one model plus in addition to whatever... You lost uh, during combat. Correct. You'll find that on page 233 on your main rule book and how that gets explained. Okay. Because that was another question we both, him and I both had was about that. 
Because it's... One of the things I love about the layout on this is you can read all the minutiae if you want, but if you just read those bullet points that they have set out there, they basically explain it in very short terms. Like, yeah. here's the long answer, but here's the short answer. Okay, so... So, if a... So, let's say I have nine heavy intercessors in the sergeant do i roll for the nine intercessors and then the sergeant no but you I take the highest leadership from the unit so if the sergeant's in the unit i'm rolling at an eight yeah not a correct seven. okay correct that makes sense. and that's the reason why you have leaders to do that leaders will help bump up your leadership like that right okay that actually answers the question about i know the leaders have and i don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole or even near it right now but Leaders have special abilities, things like that. So really quick. So I have like, this. Like, like your aura that you have on your lieutenant? Yeah. So like I have the captain here. Mm-hmm. Um, does he go in a unit or does he stay he, by a, himself? So he is a unit in and of himself, but he also has the special role of character. Characters cannot be selected, singled out by themselves if okay. there are other units around them. So okay. usually what a character will do is he is usually a buff for other units. So he'll have another unit near him. And that character role is that's what the glossary's for. Why is that not here? Where's their index? Index! Characters, CH. I go casualties and it goes into there. So character rules are going to fall under... Reinforcements, it's going to fall into the shooting phase, psychic phase, shooting phase, axe, doctor, combat, assault, pistol, blah, 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 look out, sir. Models cannot target a uh, any character model uh, with wounds nine or less with a ranged combat weapon if it's within three inches of another friendly uh, model. So as long as your characters are staying within three inches of another unit, they can't be singled out. If they're all alone, empty on the battlefield, they're okay. monkeys. <laughs> that that makes sense because, you know, just because of the cost of these guys. And and like I said, I don't want to go into special abilities because that just right right now it's just understanding. So basically that that special unit, the captain wouldn't be able to be shot if he's within three inches of my one of my heavy intercessor models. Correct. So uh, that now role, that role is going to be on page 219 and that's under. Yeah, uh, I'm already there with that. So so with that said, then, so he's within three inches of a unit or of a model that's a part of a unit. So I'm still pulling off that unit rather than giving him damage. That's basically mm, what that. Well, no. So in short, he can't even be targeted. Oh, OK. So it's so well, you have models in there that break that rule, the eliminators that are actual snipers that can actually target characters. Um, so th- like just like everything in X-Wing, like there's a rule and there's something that can break a rule that's in the game. Um, generally, unless he is the closest model to the unit shooting at him, they cannot shoot him. It's against the rules to shoot at him. They have to shoot at the heavy intercessors because they have no choice but to. So it's not a question of him peeling off wounds. Then, like he's literally peeling off shots. Like people physically yeah, can't shoot yeah. him it's, it's unless you like... have a unless you have a unit like your your eliminators that are allowed to target characters, whether or not they're the closest models or not. Okay, that makes sense there because I mean that was one of the things that was perplexing me, and I hadn't caught that rule in here. But um, 
it's like, why would you put a character down because they're just going to die? You know, because well, so the, the reasons for it, you're right, because they would die really quick. But the reason for it is usually characters, unless they're have a special ability, they have special abilities that either buff or do the command thing. Exactly. That's why I don't, I don't want to get that far into that, because that's just too deep for my tired brain tonight. But yeah, exactly. But. Think, just think of it, they are a buffing unit that you want to have close to your other units so that their aura ability is buffing them. Right. And the reward for doing that is they're basically protected from small arms fire and being able to be singled out except in special occasions. Right. And it, this is where the confusion I get into is with Legion. And because that's the last miniatures game I played was Legion, where it's very similar. You know, they have a lot of similarities the unit cohesion and all that type of thing has some similarities, but the leadership side is where kind of we'll figure that out as we go. And I'll ask you guys questions as we have questions about course, how the total leadership piece works and stuff. It's a little um, confusing, but once you, once you've like, yeah. read, read over it once or twice, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. Well, the, first, it the first time you have to start taking models off the board going, okay, I lost four models here. I need to roll a D6. There's my four. My leadership says, did I pass my leadership? If I did, great. Nothing happens. If I didn't, then I need to find out what happens. How many but models do I But is it the leadership of the unit or is it the leadership of that character that you're so, going off of? Some characters have aura abilities that spread their leadership onto those things. So for example, yeah. Right. So, for example, I believe yeah. uh, da, 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 your lieutenant actually doesn't. He's, no, he, he just he he doesn't. Um, the captain, captain, I think, does. might. The captain yeah, does. The captain yeah. does. The captain does. Yeah, that's actually why I got him because when I was looking at the just some very basic stuff online, that was one of the things somebody said was get that captain or yeah. or a a little higher ranking ability. Like my librarians are going to be the psionic users or whatever you call it in this, right? They're the. Sure. The psychers. They're the the psychers. So they're they're the ones using the brain power to do their stuff. Correct. The magic, the the space magic. <laughs> yeah, the space magic. Yeah. But the upside okay. is, is so, so like if you go back to that detachment thing that we talked about at the beginning, you now have a captain and a lieutenant. Mm -hmm. You have your two HQ units. Got it. So the lieutenant will still count. Yeah. Uh, see, I didn't even that didn't even register yeah. that I could so have two. Run a captain. You can run a lieutenant. You have. Your infiltrators, which are a troop choice, you now have your heavy intercessors, which are a troop choice. Gotcha. So you now have gotcha. two HQ and two troop choices. You've got your psyker, which is going to fall into your elite slot. Yep. Your eliminators are going to fall into your um, elite slot as well. Your suppressors are going to be into your fast attack slots. Yeah, you can see how like there, it's like building Legos. But you only have so many of the good Legos. Like I can only put two HQ units, so I want to make sure the two HQ units I'm putting in there are really good. I can have a whole bunch of troops, but without a good leader, they're not going to be as good as they could be without right. a good leader on the field. So the next piece is this, and, and I'm going to wrap it up here because we could go all night with this. And these are questions Aaron and I were asking back and forth that we didn't quite understand. I don't recall so, telling anyone I was getting tired yet. We're talking 40K. <laughs> I know you're wired on this. I know, um, there's a reason, Sean, that I said we should do it this way. It's yes, almost it's like I, I know my audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it says 2CP. So to do the patrol attachment detachment, I need two command points. Correct. Where so that the gets, command, no, it gives you command two points. command points. 
Oh, it yes. gives me two. Yes. yes. And so, that's what I can use the abilities, the, those special things. That's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down tonight either. Um, uh, well, I think it's something we could probably just touch on very, very Yeah, really quick. quick. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Just, so, yeah, just basically, so the reason why it's structured that way is because the patrol is a smaller game that having that formation gives you less command points because you don't want the command points to overwhelm the game. So you the get game, the one right. that you get every turn, plus you'll have two in the bank kind of thing. Oh, so it's two two that you can use, and then and that's the, two... They're finite, so you start with two. Yeah, with two. And then every and you turn... Every you turn gain one. Yeah, every turn in the beginning of your turn in the command phase, the first thing that happens is you gain an additional command point. But so, is it up to two or is no, it? No, um, it you, can keep, you can keep going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but so if you spent no command points on one turn, you would have three. And then on your next turn, you'd go up to four. You can go up to five. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And then obviously you, as you get a bigger formation, having more command points is less impactful, which is why the bigger formations give you more, but we also have a larger minimum requirement of troops you need to fill them. Right. So it says here, Battle Forge command point bonus. Gain one command point if any, if army is Battle Forge. Okay, so Battle, Battle Forge is, a, basically Battle Forge is Games Workshop's way of preventing you from going, I'm going to take a Space Marine Force and I'm going to take a Tyranid Force. There's nothing put them together. In, right. There's nothing in the rules preventing you from doing. That. Okay. However, by doing so, you're not a battle forged army, and therefore you do not get those bonuses. So this is Games Workshop's little nudge in the direction of saying, you really want to play all space marines. Okay. Or you really want to play all that's why the, the keywords come at the bottom of each entry in the block, Sean. So where you look okay. in, if you look at your heavy intercessors again. They've got um, is it Angels of Death. Um, then they've got like Primaris. Then they've got um, the armor types so of the Mark 10 Garvis armor. Um, and that's what I was saying about you can build the faction keywords. If, you're, if your mm-hmm. entire list shows the faction keyword, it's Battleforged. So generally... So if all of them have... If you, if you take it from Imperium, one book... Yeah, so Imperium or Adeptus Distaris chapter. Then you're Battleforged. So yeah. They're Battleforged. What about if they're Infantry Corps? Oh, I see. That's yeah, just the. Doesn't work. Doesn't that matter. They are. Hey, so I want to make sure, I want to make sure, real quick, I want to make sure for the command points thing, that's determined on the size of the battle that you're picking. So for you at Combat Patrol, it starts off at three. If you wanted to get into like what would be considered, quote unquote, a standard game of 40K, which is about 2,000 points or 200 power, you start off with 12 command points. Yeah, because it's, so, yeah, yeah, because, because you're doing game, more in the game. Yeah, yeah, the bigger the game, and you'll have you'll game. have more leaders too on the field. Correct. Or characters or whatever you want to call them. So really quick, I just I got to ask this question. No, go so, ahead, go go go. This says keyword faction keywords: Imperium or Adeptus Astaris. So. Are all of these going to be Imperium or Adeptus yep. Astaris? Yep, that are every one of them. So, so the Imperium is the Imperium of Man. So all of the humans, whether you're in the Imperial so Guard, pull, your I sisters of battle. That's what I was just going to ask. So if I could, I could actually so, pull units. So I could you can pull do units. this. So, so right now I'm doing Ultramarines, but yeah. I could do, what is that, Adeptus Astaris? Yep, Sisters okay. of Battle. They're yep. both Imperium. You can absolutely put these two together. 
Really? So that's how you can mix and match a little bit outside yeah. of just having space marines. Because you oh, used right. to be able to do that in fantasy. Yep. Like it's, they would uh, have what if, it's what effectively twenty five percent allies. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's what is affectionately known as Imperial soup. Uh, in the fact that I can take a whole bunch of ingredients that are all technically Imperium and put them together. Gotcha. Because they all share. So so that's what I really now like about this, because Space Marines, I want them to be my core. But it's cool to have other stuff down the line. Not today, of course. But, you know, six months from now, I might want something else that's a little different flavor. Now, just so we're on the same page, you know how that works. It, it can't be I don't. in the same. <laughs> so it can't be in the same detachment. So remember, we were talking about that combat patrol yeah. where you have like the two HQ, the two troops. Yep. Those all ha- when you take a, a detachment, they all have to be from the same thing. You can take an additional a- detachment from something else that falls into the- and shares that keywords. So, for example, you could do a combat patrol of Space Marines and you could do a combat patrol of Adeptus Sororitas. Because they both share the Imperium keywords, you're allowed to do that. But each of those has minimum requirements. So that would mean that you'd have to have a minimum of one HQ in the Space Marines and one HQ for the Adeptus Sororitas. One troop for the Space Marines, one troop for the Adeptus Sororitas before you can build anything else. So you're saying, so, okay, that that kind of confuses me. I know. So for for the patrol detachment, I know we're way down the line, but... So for for patrol attack detachment, I would have to have two patrol detachments then. What what you'd do, Sean, the way it would generally work is if you were playing a 2,000 point game, say, normally you'd make a 2,000 point army by taking the next detachment up. I can't remember what it's called. Battalion is usually... Yeah, you'd take a battalion detachment and build your one army from your one book. If you wanted to, though, you could take two patrol detachments that are both a thousand points, and that would be your army. Oh, oh, okay, okay. That is that make more sense? Yeah, that's a better explanation. A little bit, yeah. So, so uh, we could play a two thousand point game. I would use my two thousand point battalion detachment. You would use two one thousand point patrol detachments. Gotcha. Two different imperial armies. <clears throat> so really what, what the what these are talking about then when I'm talking about patrol, battalion, brigade, vanguard, blah all going down the line, those are just the restrictions I'm building, correct? Yes. That's yes. just creating my restrictions, right. not it's not really so those force organization charts are there to add a semblance of balance and to the game. Yeah. Right. But it also restricting what up. you can take. So, it so also next- opens up op, it also opens up options for you though. So for example, if you took a battalion which can take up to three HQ, but you really need that fourth HQ, you could take a battalion detachment that comes out to eighteen hundred and fifty points, and you could take a hundred and fifty point patrol that just has that other HQ that you needed in one piddly little troop choice because it meets the requirements. Uh, yeah, so you if, have- if you were going to be a min maxing scumbag, Sean, you could do that. Yeah, if you were going to be a douchebag, you can. <laughs> Or but, Jakari, but I could do that though. Food. But I could do that with a battalion of Space Marines that are eighteen fifty, and then the sisters that are one hundred and fifty. Yes. Yeah. Now you'll bump into weird things with combat doctrine um, with Space Marines. So they give you an. They, this is Ninth Edition's version of you really want to play out of the same codex. So your army gets bonuses, which are called 
for space reasons. But you'll you'll get to that on the rules page of Codex. It tells you, uh, I'm paraphrasing it, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically, if you take an army only from this book and they all show... Remember when you said about uh, Adeptus Astartes' chapter? What that means is you are playing Ultramarines. So for your army, that would read Ultramarines. So instead of a word chapter, you're playing Adeptus Astartes Ultramarines. So you would get the bonus rules for Ultramarines if all of your army is just Ultramarines. And that key phrase there is the chapter is the Ultramarines. Yeah, it's whatever whatever you want it to be. So, for example, in my Necron Codex, instead of you see the word chapter, mine says Dynasty. So whatever dynasty dynasty my Necrons are from, they fit into that. So... With that said, then, if I did do that where I mixed them, then I would lose whatever the, the bonus you, Yeah, you is. would yes. lose the combat. But yeah. Okay. Some people feel it's worth the risk for adding individual characters, but, like, that's one of the things that Ninth Edition that I did that I really did like. If you're, play, if you're a Xenos player, you don't get to play in that sandbox that all these Imperial guys get to go, where they can go, oh, I can dip into the Astro. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could do it without her. You've got uh, Craft okay. World Elder. You've got one, one race can pull it off. The Necrons can't do it, and the Tyranids can't yeah, do it. Well, I t- guess I can pull in Gene Stiller Cult. The my Necrons can do can't it. do it. That's really what it gets down to is my Necrons can't do it. So, <laughs> okay, that's about so your Necrons. My, my last question, and this is going to probably be a really softball one, um, but so I'm playing Space Marines, Ultramarines, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron is playing Thousand Suns. What does he fall into? Uh, Here- Adeptus Hereticus, or what is it? what's the official chaos? Hang on, what's the official this, chaos? But it's chaos, right? His is yeah. chaos. This is chaos. This is the, the, while they are Adeptus Astartes, they're traitors. Yeah, so Magnus did nothing wrong. No, oh, so, sorry, no, there are few- yeah, you, you can, but you don't With get any of the. Any of those other bonuses? Because remember, you can always just put whatever models you want on the table. No, no, I understand. Yeah. I get that completely. But yeah. as far as if so you're playing... If you want any form of structure, the answer is no. If you don't care about structure and just want fun, the answer is yes. Okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. Because there, there, There's a specific rule in there that says open play. You can literally put whatever the hell you want on the table. Yeah. Because um, the reason why I was asking that is because some of his models are space marines. Yeah, but you don't know that they you don't know they didn't turn yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying I'm just classifying without going into lore fluff or anything like that. I'm just saying the reason why I asked that question was because he has uh, space marines in his army. Now I do oh, understand. Me, I think that I've they're got not, a death guard book. Here. Let me check. Yeah, so fundamentally, the only difference between an Adeptus Astartes from the Imperium side and the Adeptus Astartes from the Chaos side are spiky bits. Yeah. Like, legitimately, inside the armor, it's the same guy. I beg to, I beg to differ. Aaron, Aaron was, my Aaron my Death Guard was... And also, the Thousand Sons, there's no one underneath the armor. Yeah, there's rubric the, the, the marines armor, only. They're living armor. They're, yeah, that's what rubric marines. Yes, there yeah. are still thousand sons of starting. Okay, okay, so the way it works is uh, his faction keywords should be um, chaos, zinch, um, heretic astartes, and then thousand sons. So I couldn't well, mix and match. No, with his. 
because my the keywords for the Death Guard are Chaos Nurgle, Heretic Astartes, Death Guard, and then Plague Company instead of where you have chapter they get Plague Companies. Okay. Good but if I had thought. so if I had Chaos Space Marines though, then yeah. they might cross paths. Yes. Yes. So okay. the good rule of thumb is take one book, make an army from that book, take another book. Make an army from yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That, that's yeah, just, exactly yeah, the, the exception would be if you read um, the your ultramarines. It's not a codex; it's a codex supplement ultramarines. Right, right. So and it's it, meant to make in addition to the rules that yeah, are here. You yeah. also get to dig from that, which is which is why I waited to build anything to see if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Because as you said earlier, but doesn't really matter. But you, I want the models to represent as much as I can what they are. So. If it has a bolter, I want it to have a bolter. If it has a sword, I want it to have a sword. Right. Well, the upside for you for like for Astartes, for the most part, Space Marines or Space Marine. Like where you get your variation are your specialty squads. Yeah. So yeah, I get like, that. Sure, yeah. Like the, sure, the sergeant, maybe the sergeant has this gun instead of that gun. Maybe he's got a power fist or he's got a power sword. OK, so like there's one model, but the rest of the guys are all bolter guys. Yeah, they've either got a bolt rifle or they like they're just bolter guys, right? Or or um, you buy the unit that's a melee unit, right? And they're all either sword and board, you know, thunderhammer, storm shield, uh, terminators, or they're, they're assault ones. They got a bunch of guns. And is that find, a, is is that a different type of unit? Yeah, the terminator. So, Terminator's got two plus saving, but two plus saves. They're awesome. No, no, no. I, I don't mean that. I mean like models that you have to buy. Yes. Okay. What I mean, they're elites, you'll find those, you'll find assault terminators as elites. Assault terminators, you don't want any terminators, sure, because they're not Primaris. He doesn't care about that. I mean, gigantic, I think fan you'll find a shot. sword and board assault. So, Blake, Blake Guard veterans, Blake Guard veterans, yeah, you already got three of those. You should probably, yeah, it, it doesn't so, have any, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so ultimately, so you're saying. So the purity is in the type of armor they're wearing. That's what you're talking for, for about. For me, for me, it is. for you, for you. <laughs> yeah, from a perspective. Well, because I don't. I mean, to me, genetically speaking, Primaris Marines are different than Adeptus Astartes. They're both Adeptus Astartes, but Primaris are taller and bulkier. Uh, so, so what the way I would explain it to you then, Sean, would be <laughs> if we're playing. America versus Russia, and you're making your army list. You're talking, Ed's talking about taking in a company level game. He's going to get two squads of Marines, then he's going to take some Delta, then he's going to have some Rangers, then he's going to have some Paras. And it doesn't matter, they're all from different, like, um, services. services. Because, you know, they're all on the same side, aren't they? It doesn't matter. Do what you do what you want, right, man. Right. I'm, I'm saying I, that if you're going to play Marines, Sean, you play Marines. If you're going to play Paras, you play Paras. That's what I'm saying. I firmly have mine separated too. I'm just saying, from his perspective, <laughs> this book does not restrict him from taking Adeptus Astarte squads, like standard tactical squads or intercessor squads. Nothing in the world says he can't take both. I know. So. So Adeptus Astartes, is that a type of unit or is that a type Adeptus Astartes, so you cannot copyright the name Space Marine. They tried. Legitimately, they tried. That was the argument. So you can copyright the term Adeptus Astartes. 
So they are used oh, interchangeably. That actually means Space Marine. Adeptus yeah. Astartes is Adeptus a Space Marine. Is a space marine. So by the so, fourth, so, if you were a commoner, you would say, oh, look at these Space Marines. They're amazing. Yay. If you were in the know, you'd go, oh, look at these Adeptus Astartes. Aren't they amazing? Yay. <laughs> yeah. So and then you'd, Vanguard, see a, then you'd see Primaris go, oh, wow, those guys are bigger. <laughs> so Vanguard Space Marines and Heavy Intercessors aren't the same. Um, I, I the, know they're not the, the same unit, but in this in the, the suits for the, Primaris. So the this? person inside the armor could so like a captain, uh, an Adeptus Astartes captain, if he was going on a recon mission, might wear Phobos armor. Then if his next mission was going to be like what room to room clearance, he might wear the Gravis armor. So it's getting it's picking the equipment that is suitable Based for the battle. The yeah. yeah, the physical uh, guy in the side is still the same. The so, only fluff so, wise, the only difference is the difference between a Primaris Marine and an, uh, a standard Adeptus Astartes. So it'd be really hard to make a Phobos Armor Marine or Space Marines because there's only seven units that you can choose from. But, same uh, with the Gravis. Generally, you know. <laughs> The, the size of game that I play, like 1,500, 2,000 points, I think you're fine. Remember, you, your vehicle support is irrelevant, so all of the tra transports and tanks and stuff is all going to be um, support anyway, as long as, it's not, as long as it's Primaris vehicles. I was just, just going to say, because Primaris cannot fit into a Rhino. No, but I'm not going to take a Rhino. I'll take a, a hover rhino, or whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The repulsor that you have? That's yeah. what that is. It's, that, that's their. That's their equivalent of a. Uh, space I, I think it, it's not a repulsor. Is it one of you got? Because that's a big one. I think. No, no, no. I got the primary the, impul impulsor. Yeah, the, impulsor. the repulsor's yeah. a lot of a flying land raider. Oh yeah. right, 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 right. You're right. Yeah, the impulsor. I know more fits. about this than I thought I did. To be like. 100% honest here. <laughs> I thought I would sit and be quiet for most of this. But when you were looking up the, uh, the range for characters, I was, I'm sure it's three inches, but that could have been from like two editions ago, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, no, you were right. But I'm not, because I didn't say anything. I didn't put myself out there to be wrong, so I can't claim to be right, you know? <laughs> Only after the fact. That's Only it. after the fact. Convenient. Okay. All right, I think I got enough for tonight. Um, when the book comes tomorrow, that's when I'll start snipping and in, in, in gluing, and then yeah, what I would sorry snipping, filing, and then gluing. One last thing I want to mention: if you do decide to go out and get the chapter approved, the first pages to chapter approved are is basically the rule book. Okay. So you legitimately have a mini version of the rulebook in your hand, which I absolutely love. It's missing the parts about um, detachments. It's missing the parts about how to spend command points and the generic command points, but you'll find all of that in your main rulebook. Um, and you're already bringing that to the table anyway. Right. Um, that's your, so, you're, you've already built that. Correct. I think I would recommend going through... Uh, again, even if you just read the bullet points, I love the way that this book is laid out. Even if you just go through and read the bullet points, it'll take you, I don't know, half hour right. to go through those bullet points and you'll be able to get an idea of how things work in the game. 
And then it'll start making more sense to you when it comes down to construction, because you've read the rules on what a detachment is. So now you know where the HQ goes in and you can kind of see where, oh, if I spend these command points, I know what a stratagem is. And I know what that can do in the game. If I spend two command points here, I can get my one unit to do this. Right. Okay. One of the other things. um, uh, I'm glad I split it into two shows, Sean. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if Chris got these or not, but each army also has a deck of these, okay. uh, which are all of the uh, stratagem cards that you can spend. So they do all the generic, like the, the core rulebook comes with generic stratagems. The reroll one is usually the most common one that people use, but each army has their own, bless you, I think. <laughs> was that a burp and a sneeze at the same time? Just coughing. Some COVID. I was going to say, I thought three things happened there, um, but you can get these. I think the, these are like 20 bucks. Um, yeah, yeah, I've ev- seen those. Yeah, it has every single um, stratagem that you could spend command points on. Okay. Some command points are, uh, some stratagems are very specific. If you have this unit here can do this for one command point. Some right. of them are more general. Any unit in your army can do Y. Gotcha. But these are nice to have because you'll have in mind the ones that you use over and over and again, and they can just literally put them in front of you. So you don't have right. to go flipping through the book and trying to find them here. Like, oh, I can just flip through the cards. There it is. That's the one I'm going to use. What? I don't use these five units. Foo, take those over, toss them over my shoulder for now. I'm only going to grab the ones that are specific to the units that I use. Gotcha. Super, super helpful on the table. Yep, that makes sense. All right. Woo! I think I'm about, uh, I, I'm about as brain dead as I can get now. <laughs> well, still available for questions. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how much of that is going to stick the first time around. And legitimately, it's going to take some time to just getting it on the table. Just worry mostly about just getting on the table and rolling some dice. Yeah. Figuring out, like, that's what ballistic skill means. That's what the hits. That's to wounds. Like, at some point in time, it just starts becoming second nature. Like, I... What's just, like any, just like any game. You got to play... Like, it, any uh, game where you had to memorize a chart at one point in time, and then all of a sudden, the chart's just in your head. You don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. That's the, that's the day-to-day, the, the, the meat and potatoes of the game. Moving models shooting, doing damage, charging, close combat. Right. Then you have a whole bunch of other rules that are built into, well, this model does this and that model does that. But those are the basics. Okay. Yep. I I am going to enjoy this, I think. it's a, Like I said, it reminds me a lot of the Warhammer Fantasy. There's some flavor in that, you know, between the two. A lot of yeah. dice rolling between the hits and the... Before you take a model off, you roll a lot of dice, you know, yep. before you even have a chance to. Well, things like, like that. So, well, when you start getting into like, uh, if you like armies like the the Tyranids, for example, and they're like, "Here, have a bucket of dice. I'm going to throw at you. I yeah. only need fives and sixes, but I rolled sixty dice. There's going to be fives and sixes in there." Yeah, it, it'll be like uh, you know. Hopefully, I don't run into the you pour two hundred and sixty points into the Green Knight and you can't get him to spawn through the whole game until the last round because your dice suck and yeah he needs a four to six and you're rolling one to threes every freaking round yeah they they kind of that never happened to me before never never not one time no yeah they kind of phase that kind of stuff out of the game yeah that's good okay guys i'm i'm pretty much uh wiped for this this in focus yeah <laughs> well i'm gonna start editing now yay thanks yay. everyone for listening yeah. bye bye